close your eyes and imagine this. You're a footballer. You love the game and you love playing. And you are playing. You're on the pitch. You're running down the wing. You've beaten two defenders. You're in on goal and all of a sudden... Crunch. Some big bruiser out of nowhere cuts you in two and you're left. Lying in the mud, nursing a foot which is pointing in an unnatural direction. Ouch. But you also play part-time. You have another job because you have to pay the bills, but that's all it is. And because you need flexibility around games and training, you might take a zero-hours contract because it suits you. But then you get injured. You can't play, and you can't do your other job either. So you're stuffed. Now, wouldn't it be great if there was someone looking out for you? I'm Alex Feeney, and this is the Accidental Startup Podcast. And in this edition, we're talking to Jordan Gard and Reese Land, co-founders of the Women's Sports Alliance. Now, what I was talking about there is just an, an example, a scenario. There are thousands of people competing at some level in some sport all over the country and millions across the world. But these guys think that they've found a gap, an opportunity to really help people and do some good, specifically in women's sport. And they were so sure about it they moved extremely quickly. Here's Jordan to tell us more. The Women's Sports Alliance is a exclusive membership club uh, for any elite individual that's involved in women's sports. So whether that be a female athlete, uh, a male coach, a male physio, female journalist, anything like that, anybody that's involved in women's sports, we aim to provide protection, enhancement and support for those individuals. You've written that a lot. I can feel that that's, that's, that's on websites, it's in pitch documents yeah, or everything. Yeah. Keywords, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and every time people say, you know, well, what is the WSA? It sounds like a really good idea, but not everybody is too sure what it actually is. Um, and that's the way we describe it. We say anybody that's an elite individual in women's sports, they can apply for membership and we will protect them and support them in, in their journey. And, and what they're doing for women's sports, we want to support them in that journey because ultimately we want to... Um, enhance the growth of, of women's sports across now, the world. And you say uh, uh, elite, but um, I mean, there are already bodies at that level then. So how, wh yeah. where, where, how are you different? Exactly. So so we work with or we have members that are elite, but not, um, not only the elite of the elite. So for example, in women's football, there are bodies such as the PFA who support women in the Super League. Um, now, anybody in the Championship or the National League, they are unable to gain access to those benefits. So we have actually come in and said, right, OK, well, if you can't have access to the PFA in women's football, um, or even if you can, uh, we are a body that will protect you and support you because there's nothing like that for, for elite individuals um, right now. And, and it's not just women's football, it's any. We've had, you know, people in the sport of diving, rugby, um, cricket, hockey, anything like that that, that's, that women play. Um, we've had people show interest from those sports, which is which is fantastic. Yeah, Grace. Now, I, I, as, as I understand it, this was a 2 a.m. phone call, is that right? Uh, I don't know if it was a 2 Was it a 2 a.m. phone call? It was a 2 a.m. phone call, yeah. Oh, I apologise for that, day. And, and Reese said, um, he calls me all the time at 2 a.m. Oh, I've got this idea, I've got this idea. And I say, Reese, not now, please. It's 2 a.m., come on. Well, that's a rubbish idea. And this time I was like, oh, Reese, this is a really good idea. <laughs> Run with it, Reese. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realise it was 2 a.m. Yeah, Apologies. That's okay. Um, yeah. Must have just been a midnight thought. 
Um, Why don't you have a notepad next to your bed? Why don't you just write it down? I do. Um, it's called a voice note on WhatsApp. I just sent it to Jordan. So we sort of came across the idea because we've... So I also own another company called Next Gen Sports Solutions where we do the management, like the contract negotiations and the transfers for female footballers. And we've got so many clients that are on zero-hour contracts at um, coffee shops or, or warehouses. And if they do an ACL or a serious injury, they're essentially unable to work. So the only income that they have got is from football. And because the salaries are so low still in women's football, they're finding it then hard to live to pay rent, especially for at university, to live if they've got car on finance or car insurance or phone bill. So we decided to, the, the WSA sort of offers a protection service, whereas Next Gen Sports Solutions provides the management service. Do you see them as entirely two separate entities or do you see one as an offshoot of the other then? No, 100% different, completely different companies, but they just work in the same industry. And this came together in, what, two weeks? Two weeks you went from yeah. two o'clock in the morning to here's a company. Yeah, well, we thought um, when Reese called me at, at two o'clock in the morning, um, it was kind of like, wow, this is a really good idea. And we kind of contemplated, is it a good idea or is it just because it's two o'clock in the morning and we're both kind of excited by the idea? And we kind of thought, actually, this is really good. So we, we asked a few people and, and asked for their thoughts and they said, wow, there's nothing like that for, for anybody in women's sports right now. So we thought, you know, it's only a matter of time before somebody else does this, you know, before somebody else fills this gap in the market that was absolutely massive. That My original thought when Reese told me about the idea was, why has nobody done this before? So we really thought, okay, now's the time. So, so yeah, we, we spent two weeks uh, non-stop staying up all night, every night um, and really getting really banging our heads together and saying, right, how can we make this the best that it can be? And yeah, two weeks later, literally to the day, we launched the, the WSA. So it was a, a manic, manic two weeks. We had to get obviously the website, the logos done, the whole planning, the whole partnership with brands and, and things like that. So, so um, now we're at the stage where we're trying to knuckle down with these brand partners and get some really, really good ones in so that we can c kind of be more appealing to members and, um, and sorting our ambassadors. So we need ambassadors to, to we're looking for the right ambassadors to, to help us really grow the WSA now. So what's the, uh, what has been the strategy? I mean, you, have you had that much time to think about strategy if you've gone from zero to launch in two weeks? Not really. We haven't. So, so we haven't even hit the ground running with our marketing strategies yet. I mean, we've got a few ideas, but we've just literally come together, told everybody what it is, why they should join us. And the rest has done itself proud because, it, the, you know, the, um, the people are saying to us, well, what is the WSA? And we have phone calls with these people and we say, well, this is what it is. And they say, ah, OK. And that, that's all it takes is, is one phone call with, with a certain person or, you know, speaking to somebody over social media and they say, well, what is it or why should I join? And we send them, OK, we've got a few graphics on what it is and what we do. Um, and that's all it takes, really, to, to, for people to be interested at the moment, which is brilliant. So we've got just over 100 sign-ups at the moment that are, that are interested um, and have inquired to be a member of the, of the WSA. And we're hoping that with the marketing strategies that we're going to put into place over the next couple of months, that that'll, that'll skyrocket. So we're really happy at the moment. How are you going to proceed then? Endorsement then, you talk about ambassadors then. Uh, how important is it to get official bodies on board to say, actually, no, we, we, we really like this. This is, this is a good idea. To be honest, I think like John has just said, we're still just over a month from when we first came up with the idea. So we're just seeing where the land lies at the minute. In terms of the marketing, we've got a website, the social media, and we're having such good interaction just from that. So I think once, once the sort of the, the, the buzz dies down a bit after the 
what we've got at the minute. Then we'll discuss where we're going forward. But I think at the minute, in terms of marketing, it's, it's sort of marketing itself because there's nothing else like it in the industry. In the meantime, you're both balancing other businesses as well. Then, so you, you've just come off the phone because uh, transfer window is shutting. So you're you're literally wheeling and dealing. How are you? How are you balancing everything? Um, the women's football sector, the whole industry is, is relatively small, so it's not that hard to balance. I, I, I don't think. I mean, John and mine differ with that. Yeah, I disagree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's crazy at the moment. So, so obviously we're both working on Next Gen Sports and we're both working on the WSA. Um, and it's been absolutely crazy. And obviously I'm playing football as well. So I play for Yeovil Town Women. And it's kind of like, Reese is saying to me, right, well, we've got meetings in Cyprus this weekend. And I'm saying, okay, well, I've got a game. So I can't, even though I want to go, it's like, well, I've got other commitments and things like that. And, and Reese is on the road all the time and because I've got training, things like that. So it's, I, I guess it's slightly harder for me because I'm, I'm trying to balance everything and, and I'm quite new to, um, to business life, really. Reese has been running Next Gen for three years now. So, so he's quite used to it, I guess. Um, he's found his feet. Yeah, I think we're balancing. We've got such a fantastic team at Next Gen Sports with me, Luke, Tom, Brad, Jordan. So they sort of take a lot of the pressure away from me which is probably why I find it a bit easier to, to balance. Oh, that's why. These calls at 2am, that's why. He's palming everything <laughs> off on me. <laughs> but yeah, um, it, it is difficult. Um, I think anybody that's just started up a business will say that, you know, it's, it's crazy. And, and I work from home sometimes and we're in the office other days and, and it's, it's crazy, but it's fun. You still play, you play for Yeovil then. Uh, so basically, have you, is it self-interest then that's uh, driving WSA? Or had that, had that not actually occurred to you? Yeah, it didn't, really. I mean, anybody in, in women's football will tell you that, you know, it is what it is. And, and if there's no support for you, there's no support for you. You know, that's what we've been used to for years and years. I mean, I've been playing for 15 years and I've never had any kind of support like this. So when Reese came up with the idea and he kind of pitched it to me, I thought, wow, I, I never knew that I needed this, you know? I, I needed it, but I never knew I did. So so now for it to come in, it's kind of great because Reese has the kind of business business knowledge about everything and, and why we're doing it. And I kind of have the drive of, okay, well, I'm a women's footballer, so so this is what we need and we can kind of shape it that way. So that's why we're, we're such a great team. So, so Reese, I'm going to come to you for the numbers then, uh, the boring bit of how is WSA a sustainable model then? How does it work? To be honest, in, in terms of the sustainability, the sustainability with WSA falls with the sustainability of women's football. The industry's only growing, which means we're only going to grow, unless three or four other companies come in and offer the same services and just dilute what we're doing. But I don't think we will. Yeah, also, we, we don't just focus on women's football, hence why. So, so we, we figured out that in women's football, our target market is about 600 players. Now, 600 players paying what we charge a month which is £13.99 okay it's not all about the money but we're not going to make much money you know we're not going to hit all of our target market so we're not going to be millionaires you know and that's not what it's about but you know you, we have to be sustainable like what you said and so we thought okay so we can offer these services to women's footballers or women's football in the industry the elite individuals in that industry but actually we can provide the same sort of services and the same protection the same enhancement the same support to women diving squads or women hockey squads and things like that so anybody around all of those sports and that increases our target market massively and that's us saying okay we're not just going to support and protect women's football industry we're going to support and protect any elite individual involved in women's sports worldwide globally we've had interest from people in italy cyprus america the uk and things like that so this is a global thing where we want to protect 
individuals in, in women's sports. Yes, you heard it right. Two weeks from a 2am phone call to open for business with a website and everything in two weeks. No strategy, no real plan market research, no business model canvas, none of that. Just an idea they believed in passionately in two weeks while juggling another company at the same time in two weeks. The energy and the enthusiasm needed to do that just makes me quite sick, really. So, they're up and running, they're looking for partnerships, buy-in from sports bodies and ambassadors to endorse and encourage people to join. But there's a problem. The WSA and NextGen, their other business, may not offer similar services, but they do offer complementary services. Now, joining one could quite easily lead to joining the other. So if you're doing that, how long until somebody at another agency calls foul and accuses you of just trying to take their clients via stealthy means? Because if you think about it, it's actually quite a good idea. I mean, why wouldn't you do that? But Reese is adamant that that's not what they're about. We've actually come across this quite recently where an agent has sort of said to their client, we don't want them to join because of a conflict of interest. But I don't see a conflict of interest. We're here to protect the player. We're not here to start poaching members and bring them to Next Gen Sports. Like I said, two are completely different companies. My clients at Next Gen Sports can still join the PFA. I don't see that as a conflict. And the PFA offer representation. Also, we don't just, again, deal with women's footballers. And so Next Gen is a specifically female football talent manage management company. And so, okay, if we've got a, a, a female diver or a, a male female diving coach, you know, we can't provide agent services to them because we've got no clue about the, the diving market you know we don't know what clubs to send them to or anything like that so um yeah so next gen is just a brand partner of the wsa and and if if members of the wsa already have agents which a lot of them do then brilliant you know we'll work closely with those agents and, and make sure that they're doubly protected is it fun i know this, I know this sounds like an odd question right but people start businesses for different reasons you know, and then one of them is personal enjoyment you know you need to there's a sense of fulfillment so is what you're doing fun absolutely so my favorite thing in the world is meeting new people speaking to new people you know getting to know them um and the the people that we that i have met or that i have spoken to through in these three weeks of setting up the wsa has been phenomenal you know i've spoken to four times olympic champions and and gb diving coaches and things like that and they're in full support of what we're doing. And it's kind of like they're sharing their story, I'm sharing my story, and you know, I could go for a coffee with them tomorrow if I wanted to, you know, things like that. And, and the people that we're meeting is fantastic, but not only the people we're meeting, but we're helping these people and we're supporting these people. And for me, that's so satisfying and I absolutely love that. And how did you get, how did you get started then? Because I mean, Jordan has vested interests then. What's your story? This is a brilliant story, listen to this. Oh, I can't we not do this. No, we have to do this now. Yes, I've done. Oh. Jordan's decided actually. Yeah. It's either that or we call you at two a.m. How long we got? Uh, <clears throat> just give us the abridged version, really. I mean, you know, you've got a you've got a meeting in, in you know an hour or so. Yes. Um, so I uh, I've been I've been involved in football at quite a high level, and I always wanted to play in Spain. That was sort of my dream in football. Um, so I played for Barcelona or Real Madrid or, or Atletico Madrid. That was sort of my my ambition. So I sat down with my agent at the time and said, I need to go to Spain. If we have to go via Germany or, or wherever, but the end goal needs to be, I need to play in Spain. I had about four or five offers on the table, um, one in France, one in Germany, um, one in Malta, 
but financially the, the, the offer in Malta was far too much to, to turn down. So I went out to Malta on, um, I signed a pre-contract on a two year deal. Um, but because I'd never moved away from home before, the club sort of said to me, come out for two weeks, if you can settle away from home, if you can settle in the environment, the culture, the food, then sign the two, two year contract. So I'd gone out on the Friday morning, I think it was. And on the Friday afternoon, I'd sort of done all the medical, all the, the media work. Friday night, I don't know if it was excitement or jet lag or nervousness, but I just couldn't sleep, so I thought, oh, I'll go for a run on the beach. I don't know if you've ever been to Malta, but there is no beaches in Malta. But I thought, oh, I'll go for a run on the beach. And my knee's given way in the sand, um, and it's just it's swelled up like a football. So I sort of hobbled back to the hotel where the clubs put me up in, put ice on it, woke up the morning after. I think I had another medical or something to go to. Luckily, I'd passed the medical the day before. So I've gone to see the doctor the morning after at the club in Malta and sort of said, oh, I've, I've been bit during the night. And I remember the doctor in Malta coming back and saying, it must have been a big mosquito because you're, you've, you've ruptured your meniscus. And then the club in Malta basically said, we aren't paying you this amount of money if you're not playing for us for eight months. So because I'd actually not signed a two-year contract, I was left without a club. Oh man, or for a run on the beach. Or, or, or a, a particularly horrific mosquito bite. Exactly. Um, but to be honest, Next Gen Sports was set up essentially to represent me. So my management company would have represented me. We would have only had one client, which was me. So yours was purely self-interest then. Yours was, I can do this, I can do this better, and yeah. I don't need somebody else taking a large chunk of my wage to... to, exactly. to yeah. exactly. I could have employed an agent for cheaper than what I was paying my agent. So I've had the agent's interest and the player's interest, but essentially my interest because it was my company and then my career as well. Happens quite a lot in boxing, so if you look at like David Hay, his promotional company would promote him. But as far as I'm aware, I'm the first one in football to do that. Or I would have been if, if a two-year contract would have gone through. A tale of adversity, you know, you've come, you've, uh, come through it. I'm, I'm intrigued about this, the, this, the fact that you had this, this desire, this, this guy from Yorkshire had this desire, because you are, and for the benefits of the tape, the palest person... I have ever come across you. Can I just add, I've just come back from Cyprus from three days and it's been 20 degrees, so I'm quite disappointed that you just said I'm pale. You really? Come on. He's very pale. <laughs> I did come with somebody this afternoon, man. They've cancelled cancel the meeting. <laughs> oh, man, but I mean, a great tale, you know, a great way of, of, you know, you found yourself in what must have been a horrible position. Uh, this, is where you've, this is where you've come to. It brings you to a coffee shop in Cardiff Bay and... A, two companies that you now run so there, there can't be many regrets after that no definitely not um, I think the agent that I had at the time before Next Gen Sports was set up an agent typically would just negotiate a transfer or a contract where Next Gen Sports offers the 360 management so we do like the relocation the, the, the wealth management so like the tax advice or legal advice so which, which, which sort of put us in decent or put us in good stead when we went into the women's football sector so as far as I'm aware, we were the first management company to actually go in with, a, with an actual management company. So you missed the part about why you went into women's football in the first place? <laughs> yeah, another funny story. So um, one of my good friends played for Chelsea under-21s and I'd gone down to watch him. So this was the same weekend that I was meeting my agent in London. So I'd gone down to Cobham, it was Cobham uh, to the Chelsea training ground and I was playing Arsenal under-21s or under-19s or whatever it were. And Arsene then goes at the game. So I'm sort of waiting for my friend to get showered after the game and I'm sort of stood speaking to Arsene Wenger with seizing the room with all the parents and, and, and stuff. And he said to me that the next big thing would be women's football. And this was just over three years ago. So me coming back from 
Malta injured. So it gave me six months, essentially, to to find out about women's football. And then six months after, we signed our first client, which was Ellie Mason. And then it's just skyrocketed since that. Thanks in part to Arsene Wenger. Definitely. definitely. I, I, if I'm being honest, I say this to everyone. I don't think three years ago I would have recognised the potential if it wasn't for that conversation with Arsene Wenger. And I don't think he's been far on, has he? Not so far. We see how, how um, uh, fate serendipity is, 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 it plays such a part in, in everything that to do with, well, to do with businesses, you know, it can lead you in one particular direction or another direction. Would that brought you to Jordan? Would you have decided, you know, at 2am, this is what I need to be doing and talking about? I mean, that's, that, that, that's, I suppose that's the nature yeah, of the game. Yeah. And I think this all the time and, and, you know, my whole life has kind of, this is going to sound really maybe silly, but it's kind of led me to, to meet Reese. And, and I look back and I think, right, this happened because of this. And, and so actually um, I started a, a company myself called Guard Design Solutions, which is, you know, website and graphic design stuff and Reese contacted me and said oh no would you be want would you want to do some media work for us and I said oh yeah absolutely um you know through guard designs we, we had kind of a, a brand partnership for a while which was brilliant and you know we worked so well together that then, then we had a conversation about coming on board with next gen and then we started the WSA and it's kind of spiraled from there and all from kind of one twitter message or, or conversation that kind of brought us together so so yeah and I was supposed to be in Nebraska studying a master's and and on the day that I was supposed to go I decided I didn't want to go for some reason and I had no idea why and that was the summer before it was kind of like an epiphany moment where I thought my god what am I doing I don't want to go to Nebraska anymore you know and and I had to let a lot of people down and I made that decision and and since since then I haven't looked back because clearly this is this is kind of the reason why you know You've been listening to Jordan Guard and Reese Land from the Women's Sports Alliance. Hope you enjoyed it, and thanks to them for taking the time to talk to us. So, some up time then. Well, I mean, I suppose there are lots of lessons that you could take from their experiences around being agile, believing in something and going for it, recovering in the face of adversity. I mean, all of that. But I'm going to focus on something that we didn't really talk about at all, and that's the relationship between Jordan and Reese, because the dynamic is quite fascinating. Jordan comes across as being very focused, very driven, very let's get shit done. Reese is far more laid back, and his quiet demeanor could easily be mistaken for disinterest. But it isn't disinterest, it's because he's thinking. You look at him closely, and you can almost see the cogs turning. I mean, that doesn't mean that Jordan isn't thinking. It just means that Reese prioritizes that over other stuff. In business, you need both doers and thinkers. And if you're a sole trader startup, then that's just one more thing on your list of jobs from chief exec down to the sales and packing division. I mean, sometimes it's good to share the load, to take advantage of people's different characters and personas. Could one succeed without the other in this case? Well, very possibly, but combining them both to set up the Women's Sports Alliance in just two weeks, now that could be an unstoppable force. That's it for this edition of The Accidental Startup. Next time, we explore the issue of well-being in the workplace and the positive effects it can have on your bottom line. And if you like what you're listening to, then please do give us a five-star rating on your podcast platform to bump us up the rankings and share the love a bit. If you don't like, or you kind of like, but you'd like to hear more about some other part of the business world, then let us know via at Accidental Start on Twitter. Always good to hear from you. The Accidental Startup podcast is an Eat Sleep Media production. It's hosted by Anchor, and the music in this episode is from Artlist. Music